Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Espresso Jams. Today, I'm here with A.J. Saunders. He's an e-commerce marketer, and we're going to talk about where he is, how he got started, what's changed, and what he's got going on now. A.J., welcome to the show. Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me. How you doing today? Uh, you know, I am doing awesome. It's 2 o'clock here in the United States. Fantastic. Where, where are you hailing from? So I'm in the UK, so it's just gone seven here. So it's, it's perfect. Perfect. You're listening to Espresso Jams. Short, concentrated, delicious conversations about business, technology, and entrepreneurship. If you're just starting out on your business adventure or you're a seasoned business professional, I'm sure you'll find value in these short conversations. Espresso Jams is brought to you by Apexable, providing the tools, insights, and transformative structures to help you reach your business summit. I'm your host, Joe Matz. Let's get started. All right, great. Hey, there's a lot going on over there is, in the yeah. UK these days, huh? <laughs> I can barely keep, keep, keep track of it myself. Yeah, well, we, we're hearing about it here. I mean, it makes it top news. So it's kind of exciting, and, and I hope it all works out, you know. Hope it works out great. So... AJ and I met through a mutual friend who also has a great podcast, right? Correct. Matt Levenhagen, and his podcast is The Builders. So if you're listening to this podcast and you want to know about other great podcasts, check out Matt's podcast at thebuilders.fm. I think that's the website, and you'll find it wherever you listen to your podcasts, right? So tell me a little bit about, you know, about you. Yeah, right. sure. So I currently run an e-commerce uh, digital marketing agency. So we deal with mainly e-commerce companies who are looking to scale six or seven figures. And yeah, I just love helping businesses discover how to make more revenue with digital marketing. Okay. So that's basically what I'm doing at the moment. Let's talk about how you got into what you're doing. At right, the right. What were you doing before you, you became a digital marketer? So I, I left school at the age of 18 and I didn't realize until about 21, 22 that I'm dyslexic. I'm just mildly dyslexic, so I was able to kind of cover it quite well. But I, yeah, so I didn't realize. And so university or college, as you would say, in, in, in America, just didn't appeal to me because it just felt like more kind of turmoil, right? Another four years of, of turmoil. So I went off and did music. So I went off and did music college in London for a year. And then was there for another three or four years just playing gigs, uh, bar gigs, playing on TV, playing on radio, had some stuff recorded. Okay, so, so yeah. We want to know what kind of music and what instrument did you play? So I play guitar mainly. I play guitar, bass, drums, all and keyboards. So mainly guitar. Um, okay. I was mainly doing kind of, I was going for hire, so it was whatever I got asked to play that week. So I ended up doing quite a lot of soul music, quite a lot of like um, function bands where we do kind of 80s pop, 90s pop, 2000 pop. Um, so yeah, so it was, it was a broad range. It was a real, real good challenge. That sounds like something very different from being a digital market or e-commerce marketer. Well, it's still running a small business, right? It's a small, oh, so you can, was it your band or was it AJ Incorporated? So, right. So I, I was playing for whoever would pay me, right? Okay. And so it was like running a small little business. Like now now that I think about it, obviously years later, 
so yeah, so it was just like running a small business because you know we didn't have the clients, we wouldn't do the teaching, or you weren't recording, you weren't getting paid. And you right. weren't getting paid, you can't live. Right. So it's a fundamental kind of understanding of how to run a small business. So right? did you have did you have um, demo tapes and or demo yeah. CDs depending on the year, right? So, well, it was MySpace back when I got started, right? MySpace, MySpace? Okay. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> Just showing how old I am now. There's right? a throwback. Okay, you're yourself there, buddy. <laughs> a, a little bit, a little bit. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, so I had, like, a MySpace, did some recording, you know. Luckily, you know, this was kind of 10, 15 years ago, the price of recording gear had come down to a couple hundred bucks to buy an interface, to buy a laptop, and that's what I really needed. So, yeah, so... That's kind of what I did, but then it's all about networking and making sure that you know the right people or know people that can have the budgets to hire people. So yeah, so it was essentially like running a small little business. Yeah. Okay. And what what did you find was your best marketing tactic at that time? So, and this will sound like cliche, I think it's doing the best job that you can. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes people forget what that means. And so for me, it was being early. It was knowing knowing the songs, being prepared being able to to kind of tear out the rule book and just go with whatever the person, you know, the artist wanted. Um, being hospitable, being nice to other people. Because um, quite often, you know, because I was getting paid to do things, we were, we were either the last act on or we were the second last act on. And so there were loads of people before us. It's easy to get uh, disillusioned or to be kind of quite, quite annoying with people. So, yeah, so I, I learned... You know, all of these great customer service attributes that I now use day in and day out, I learned through having to deal with various different people. And I remember, you know, there were there were so many gigs where I just found the sound men were rude because people were rude to them, right? Mm. And so after my sound check, I'd always go sit in my hand and say, thanks for doing such a great job. And you see them light up. Because you can see that they were having a really, really nasty time doing what they were doing. And the moment you just gave them a little bit of praise, that inch of praise, they relaxed and they felt better about life, which is such a, it's such a ridiculous thing to, to even have to kind of enunciate, you know, um, but it works, right? It's all these little things that you learn. Yeah, because often it's the, the people who are in the background, like the sound technician, yeah. or, you know, you might think like the bus boy at a restaurant. Exactly. They, they don't often get that appreciation no, that they really no. deserve because yeah. they're, they're crucial to the organization and to the process flow of mm. good service, yeah. good sound. Yeah. Or, you know, Correct. clean tables on the, on the other Correct. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's and awesome. So, yeah, so, so, so I learned a lot, lot about dealing, how to deal with people, how to, you know, encourage and motivate people and how to really build good, good relationships through, through being a musician. Yeah. Wow, okay. And then, so now I'm just so curious as how that morphed into something very different, different than music. But do you still play music? Let's, let's get that out of the way. I do, yes. Okay. I still play music. Okay. I, I, I'm, I, I'm probably the most annoying person in the world because I constantly have music on. I'm constantly whistling and humming around the house. Um, and you know, if, if I'm sat in somebody's car and they put the radio on, I can usually hear the call sequence, and I'll usually start saying the call sequence out loud. Not that I have perfect pitch, but like the a relative chord structure. So. I'm one of these really, really irritating people that you should never get in a car with. I'm just saying that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be quiet. I, I don't want to hear the chords. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Now, my experience when I tried to play guitar, because I thought that would be a great way to get girls. Right, right, I was younger, right, right, right. Um, 
it was terrible because I, I could not hear the music. I could not hear the sound. I could not hear the beat. And yes. I decided I was much better at listening to music than playing right. music. And I, I also have music going all the time. All What's the time. Thing? I've got speakers in every room in the house. They're all connected. I just love listening to music. Right, right, right. What kind of thing do you listen to? I listen to a lot of jam bands. Oh, okay. Um, and and now my wife has gotten me into some country music, some of the newer country music. You know, right. Like, um, like um, Kenny Kenny Chesney. Right. I, I, and and the whole whole bunch of people who who play that kind of music. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, the the great thing about country music, because I'm a massive country fan, is that they're still writing really really great songs. And they're still recording a lot of the music as four guys in a room that are playing off of each other. And so it's not done on Pro Tools, which is like software. And it's not done in somebody's back bedroom or right. in somebody's garage. Right. It literally is six guys in a room and they get they get the work tape, which is like a demo, right? And they go and they sit there, they listen to the demo. And, and then in the next kind of three, two or three, four hours, they then flesh out what you end up hearing on the radio. And it, so it's just the, one of the most incredible things to... To realize that they're still doing it in that way and it's still very organic and how they get from the, the you know usually somebody there with a kiss guitar to the full production yeah you're definitely listening to music at, at a different level than i am but, <laughs> you know, now here here's something you might know when when i was in high school one of my favorite bands and i saw them in concert here in the u.s were the kinks right yeah right. I, I just i thought they were awesome and yeah. it was very raw music it's right. very raw yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Let's move on. Now, I love talking about music, but let's move oh, on. Of how, course, of course. how do we go from a musician to a digital marketer? So when about 21, 22, I realized I was at a disadvantage. So I was, I was competing against lots of people who'd grown up in London. And so they had zero cost base. And so I ended up doing a lot of teaching. And I thought, well, I can teach anywhere. I can teach, you know, back back home where the cost base will be a third, if not less, right? And so I was just like, okay, cool, right, I can move back and I can still take gigs in, in London, I can still take sessions in London, you know, there's, if there's a budget and if there's the willingness to pay me a decent amount, but I can come home and I can actually have a better life and a better quality of life. And, yeah, so that's, so I returned and I literally, and I think I said this to you, you were four. I literally Googled when I was like 21, 22, how to make money online. And that's kind of how I got into digital marketing. So did you do courses online at that point? or? I think I've probably read close to 10,000 blog posts. Hmm. So, yeah. So I discovered people like Neil Patel, who's a big digital marketing agency owner, who has a blog, and it's really, really good, solid, basic advice. I just have people like Pat Flynn, who's gone on to do, you know, extraordinarily well in terms of, you know, digital entrepreneurship. Then there are people like Ryan Stewart, who's another agency editor in Florida, who I follow, you know, eight years later. And lots of other people, um, Spencer Hawes, who runs a site called Niche Pursuits, who I help him with his Facebook group. And, yeah, so I just, just discovered all these different people who were giving out advice for free or giving out a lot of things for free or doing videos. And so I was watching, I was reading, and I've I found also if you can if you can break the problem down into what the problem actually is. So like step one, you can usually find that somebody's written a blog post about that. Mm. And you can start to assimilate information. You can go and talk to people and ask people questions. And people people I found in marketing 
you know, the, the majority of people, especially in digital marketing, are quite open and honest because they they want to kind of pass on and share what they know. Because they get the fact that yeah, the best way to, to learn something on a deeper level is to teach somebody else. Mm, right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, so that's how I've kind of done it. So I haven't, I've never bought a course, but I've done enough research and enough reading and enough testing and trialing and thinking to make it, you know, to, to have done my 10,000 hours, as Gladwell would say. Um, right, right. So, so yeah. you, you basically created your own kind of like master's course in digital marketing. Right. And, and you yeah. developed, you developed what I like to call the keys, which is a knowledge, experience and expertise. Right. By right. reading all these blogs and talking with these people. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. And then Thanks. did you use that for your own purposes or, or did you start selling services right away? So, uh, so my business is currently split in two. So I have what I call like the, the income sites. So they are just websites that I build to make money that I'll eventually either build up and sell or I'll just build and hold. And so that's kind of free cash flow, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty good for running a business. And I have the agency side of what I do, which is selling you know digital marketing services to e-commerce companies so i don't feel like i could do the consultancy and the selling of the services without having my own portfolio to test things on but also you know i feel like if i have, have a bad month on the agency side i still have you know the income sites that can generate some cash can, that can keep me going so that's how i kind of conceptualize things that's how things kind of split to, to, to the two buckets now but up until about kind of two years ago, so partly through the pandemic, I was just doing affiliate sites. And then a friend of mine, I explained to her one night on, on one of these group Zoom calls about, you know, how I do content mapping, which is, you know, you, you find some keywords, you then build out, a, you know, um, a content calendar of when you're going to do, you then, you know, figure out how they all kind of link together, et cetera. We can go into more detail, but that's the basic kind of premise. Okay. And yeah, and so I showed her briefly on all these group calls and she said to me after, you know, can we have a, a session together where you can explain to me, you know, more depth? I was like, hey, that's cool, that's fine. Um, and she's a life coach. So before I could, you know, I literally got onto that, that second call with her and before I even know my mouth, she said, that's your consultancy service. And I was like, no, 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 no. And being a life coach, she said, can we talk about it? Hmm. <laughs> right? Right. Um, and I went to talk to some other people and I really just realized that actually it's a great way to money. It's a great way to help people, mm-hmm. but it's also a great way of developing my skills. I can then drag back to the other half of the business. So they're kind of interdependent. They, they and they seem, kind of, yeah, they seem like they're all connected. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Now, I, AJ, I love the fact that you have your own websites that you make money on and you have to use your digital marketing skills for exactly. those websites. Exactly. And we know everybody I think knows that the digital marketing skills that you had a year ago yeah. is old. That's passe. You need new skills because that's a world that's constantly changing. So there are elements that are constantly changing. So for example, I've got friends that do paid traffic. So they're doing, you know, Facebook ads, they're doing Google ads, etc. And it just seems with them the the they are constantly changing. Right? Whereas for me because I spent a lot of time doing SEO, which is search optimization, search engine optimization. A lot of that, the basics, the fundamentals haven't changed since day one, right? Because all I'm trying to do with SEO is build a page that the user loves, right? right. Okay. Because if the user loves it, Google will find it and Google will rank it highly. Right, right. Right? And so 
over the last kind of 10 years that I've been doing this, I've seen every kind of fad, every kind of, um, you know, trick in the book come around, and some of them come around at least twice, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a lot of these tricks, a lot of these kind of, you know, secret strategies or secret tactics is what they really are, are actually a way to game Google. And so Google comes and tries to slap those tactics down, right? But what it reveals is the people that were doing it honestly and playing by the book to begin with. So the people that were building a great user experience, providing helpful, useful content, getting linked from good, relevant sources, that has not changed. Right. Right? Right. The basics. The basics. The basics. The basics. But, so, so let me ask you something. I, I had learned this, and I just want to check with you if this is still true. Please, yeah. Google's business is getting people to the right site. Right. Because if Google doesn't get you to the right site, you're going to find another way to get there, which would be right. a competitor of Google. Correct. Therefore, if Google tracks how long you stay on the site, Google tracks yeah. your page views or your, you know, your yeah. scrolling. I don't know what they track, but I'm sure they're tracking a lot. And if they see that someone goes to your site and bounces from your site in two or three seconds, and that happens a lot, they're going to say, well, that guy, you know, that site has nothing useful for yeah. people. We're not going to send people there because Correct. we want to send people to the good sites. Yeah. So that's what I heard, uh, you know, and I, yeah. I maybe made that a little longer than it had to be. No, yeah, no, well, I, I, I guess for me, I just simply see it as Google is there to just match that, you know, people that are searching for, for, for an answer with people that have the answer. That, that, that literally is all it is, right? right. Okay. And, and so all we're trying to do as SEO professionals and as digital marketers is trying to provide an answer that is comprehensive, that is trustworthy, and is easy to read. And that way, someone will stay on the page, and yeah. Google will recognize that they're staying yeah. on the page. Oh, we gave them a good search result. We're going to bump that up. Correct. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So, correct. well, yeah. yeah, and you made it sound very much more simply than, than I put it, and I, I thank you for that. <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah, could you say that again? Yeah, sure. So I see Google as matching somebody that has a question with somebody that has an answer. Okay. And all we're trying to do as digital marketing professionals is try to make that answer as comprehensive as possible, as easy to read as possible, and as trustworthy as possible. Perfect. That's awesome, AJ. That, that's yeah. awesome. That, yeah. that, simplifies, that simplifies it. Would you like to get in front of more of your ideal clients and at the same time build your brand and create evergreen content? Well, you can do that with podcast guesting. This very moment, you're listening to a podcast that may have been published today or three weeks ago or three years ago. In a very real sense, you're engaging with the speakers, hopefully enjoying yourself and learning something new at the same time. And you're getting to know the guest and how they help their clients, their customers, and the problems that they solve. You may even be their ideal client and want to learn more about them and download one of their free resources you can find in the show notes or maybe even become a client of theirs. See, when you're a guest on a podcast, you will enjoy that same kind of engagement. It is perhaps the easiest, most cost-effective way to get in front of new audiences. Learn how you can be a guest on the right podcast and engage with your ideal clients 
with the free resources available at gapologist.com. And can, can I just give you a real quick example then? Sure, of course. Cool. So, and it's my vulgarity here for a second. But you know, be careful now. You, we, we have we have young listeners and sensitive have, listeners here. <laughs> um, see, see a new puppy, and the puppy pees on your favorite rock, right? You're going to Google how to stop my puppy from peeing on the rock, right? Right. That, that, that that's the vulgarity. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Right. Right. I'm not going to have to bleep you out. Bleep anything, of course. <laughs> All right, so we have a puppy peeing on the rug. Right, right. And so what you as the as, as the user who's going to Google and typing in stop puppy peeing on, on the rug, you're going to want me to, in that first paragraph or in the first couple of paragraphs, say, here are the three ways you can get your dog to stop peeing on, on, on the rug. You're not going to want the history of how dogs develop their bladders and all of this wonderful stuff. That is relevant, don't get me wrong, but is it relevant to that query? No, and I'm glad you're saying that. Yes, right. right. And so, so that's what I mean by being comprehensive. Is you're just saying, right? Here are the three or four ways you can stop. You know, the, the three or four solutions. You know, here's some links to other re- relevant pages on our website. So you may be selling a product that helps dogs, you know, not pee inside, or you know, makes it you know, um, what what. Um, or makes it easier for them to go outside, that kind of thing, or whatever. And like maybe some trains. cleaning, maybe some cleaning yeah, tips. Yeah, maybe some cleaning. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, right? Right? And, and then you may link to, say, like, um, I don't know, like, um, we have RSPCA here in the UK, which is a big national charity, which is to do with looking after pets. Mm-hmm. So you might link to them, and they may have some great information about, you know, dog care, just basic dog care, et cetera, et cetera. And so for me, that's how you get your trustworthiness. You know, that's how you be comprehensive, and then it's things like, so the other thing is to make it easy to read. So for me, it's about, we're having a conversation here, right? And, and uh, we're in two completely different rooms, two completely different countries, but we're having 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 a quite a cordial conversation, right? And that's how I think about how, when I said I write something for web, right? Right. And I think, who am I talking to? Can I imagine that person sat next to me? And how would I then talk about it to that person if, if they were sat here next to me, right? Because I think a lot of people think, oh, no, I know, I need to write to Google and blah, 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 and all of this, you know, all of this fallacy, whereas actually they think, right, if I'm sat down in the coffee shop with a friend and we're having a coffee, how do I talk? Obviously, clean it up, don't use all swear words, but, you know, that kind of thing. And I think a lot of people write content, especially for online, where it's really dull, it's really dense, it's really boring. But then the moment you meet them, they're the most engaging people mm. that you can, right? Right. And so I just encourage people to, you know, think about how you would talk if you're talking to somebody, you know, face to face. You know, use the, you know use short sentences, use slang, you know, or, or use um, juxtapositions, you know. So use really short sentences, use long sentences, pauses, that kind of thing, because all of that stuff breaks it up from block of text into short sentences that are easy to scan, easy to read. Right. Yeah. And it looks like you might have paused on me. So I want to pick up on on two things that you said, AJ. Uh, One of them is, you know, I've relaxed a lot. I used to be very straight and I talk like this, but now I'm relaxed more. That's more me. And I I feel good about that. And I think the audience appreciates it. I'm not a robot. (laughs) Um, 
The other thing you mentioned is if I'm looking for how to stop the dog from peeing, right. the first three paragraphs, I want three ways to stop your dog from peeing. But what I see a lot of the time, and I'll have to admit it, I lost patience after a paragraph <laughs> or a paragraph and a half, where they yeah. do start to tell the story of a dog's bladder and how it's different than a human's bladder. And when I was 12 years old, I had this dog and we had this problem. And it's like, it's I'm scrolling down, 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 looking for the three ways to stop yeah. the dog from peeing. Right. Yeah. I usually don't get there. I'm usually no. going to the next site. Correct. So, so what is that about? Is that a trend that's that used to be okay or style? Right, right, right. So maybe it's me and I'll accept no, that. No, it's no, it's definitely not you. Cause, cause I see this all the time and it, it irritates the hell out of me as well. Right. There are digital marketing blogs out there, and I'm not going to mention who, but you can find them pretty quickly, that go and analyze, say, 2,000 keywords, right? And they say, well, to get to the position number one, you need to be writing 2,000 words, because that's what the correlation states. But what they never do is they never say what sites, what keywords. And so to me, it's all fantasy, right? Because I cannot go and verify that for myself. And so lots of people have got into this whole mentality of I need to write at least a thousand words or I need to write at least 2,000 words or 4,000 words, right? Whereas for me, it's can I answer that, that question as quickly, as simply as possible? And then I can get to, to, to all of that, that, that other supporting evidence or that other supporting kind of context, right? That somebody may want to read. But how can I get, you know, how can I quickly answer their question Without without telling them this magnificent story about how you know dogs have evolved in the last whatever right the last eighteen centuries and we've whatever right. yeah now you know I I love puppies and dogs as much as anyone sure. so I might read on but right. I don't want to, first I want to solve my problem yeah and if I have some extra time and I'm feeling like I can waste some time on a little story sure. a cute dog sure. story or something yeah I might course. read on of course. But I want that to be my choice. I don't want to have, right. have to weed through that to yes. get to what I'm searching for. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So what are you seeing is, so you see people who are saying 2,000 words, 3,000 words. Yeah. And then there are people thinking like you, get the answer real quick. Yeah. What seems to be working better? Or is it is it segmented? Might there be people who really like those long stories? So I... I, th I think part of it is you need to you need to really think about what you're answering, right? So if you're answering, you know, um, you know, how to know when a tiny to get changed, right? This is just basic query that lots of people have, right? If it may only be 500 words or 600 words, and that kind of solidifies what, you know, here's the three, you know, here's the four four things to look for, you know, to know that your tiny is changing, right? Nice and simple. Right. Whereas, you know, you may be writing a blog post on how to how to change your oil. So, yeah, and that may be actually a more longer thing because there's more steps involved and there's more nuances and there's different ways of looking at it and there's different etc. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so there's there's space to have both. But I don't think there's a, there's a need to have. You know, well, this is the bar we need to reach. Yeah, you know, and that's the, that's the, the baseline. So the baseline right. is a thousand words, and we need to always okay. sub, you know, so, submit to that. So in, in looking at a how-to, like how to change your car oil, I would yeah, expect sure. that to be long. Right. But 
please get to step one quickly. Yes. Don't give me a history of oil. No, no, <laughs> right? no, no. Because, you know, here's the thing. You, you can turn that article upside down, right? So you can have the, the, the eight steps that you need to do first and then have the history. Right. Right? Right. Because if people are actually interested, they'll read the history later, right? Yes, that's true. Whereas, you know, people are going to get frustrated and are going to skip through and just scroll and they're not going to actually read it. Because I'd like, you know, show me your solution and then right. show me that I can trust you. Yes, exactly. Don't show me that I can trust you first because yes. how am I going to trust you if trust I don't you. see what yeah. what you're talking about? Now, yeah. you might say, I've been changing car oil in my shop for 25 years and I've seen all kinds of cars and foreign cars and domestic yeah. cars. Exactly. And these exactly. are the steps. But keep yes. that short. Yeah. I would say yeah. keep, keep that short. Then yeah. if I want to read about the different shops and where I went to school, et cetera, et cetera, I, I, I can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, 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 yeah, I, yeah, I, I completely agree. So, AJ, what is your agency doing now? What's what's the big thing? Yeah, sure. So we're currently working with ambitious entrepreneurs who want to scale. So they've got, usually they're selling physical products, and they're just looking at how to actually break into the market in a meaningful way and how to scale. So a lot of what I do is I go in and I rejig the whole marketing strategy and the whole marketing tactical plan. And I help them build out a plan that makes sense. I help them build out all the templates, all the checklists, all the SOPs, set operating procedures that they need in order to scale, in order to have things be able to be done by anyone. And what I find is when they've got the right systems in place, the right processes in place, the right templates, Scaling becomes a, a heck of a lot easier. Oh, yeah. Because they're not having to think. Right. I know you, I know you know this because this is what you do on a daily basis, right? So <laughs> right. I, I love process I am process and procedure orientated. Naturally. Right, 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 right. Naturally. Right. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. the way to scale. You can't scale if you have to teach every individual how to how to do something and every yeah. every situation that comes up is a new situation. We have to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And there are some businesses like that. But yeah, most businesses, you can get the processes. So I, I love that you do that in, in the marketing yeah. world and, and help yeah. the business get those procedures down. Yeah. That's great. Well, I, I, I recently, you know, I recently had a client who said to me, you know, um, she was struggling with this this email issue and she figured it out. And I said to her, you know, you know, have you written that down yet as a as, as an SOP? We, we were kind of 13 weeks into 12 weeks into a training program, right? She was like, oh no, it's all up in my head. I said, can you email me later today when you've actually written it down? And so, you know, if you were to get hit by a bus tomorrow, we would still be fine. I said, God, God willing, you will never be hit by a bus, but we need to plan for these, these eventualities because it may happen. Right, right. Right? Yeah. And there, there's a whole there's a whole system in writing things down and getting yeah. it so that other people can understand it. Because sometimes yeah. we go through the steps and it's so natural to us because we've been through those steps so many times, yeah. we forget the little nuances. Absolutely. And, and it's one of the neatest things you can Google on um, on YouTube. Did I say that? You can Google on YouTube. You can Google on YouTube <laughs> how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Right. And it's really funny because, you know, you, you've got to go through the steps. Somebody who doesn't know anything, you might say, put the peanut butter on the bread. Well, you take the jar of peanut butter and you put it on top of the loaf of bread. Yeah, that's what you said. Put the said, peanut butter yeah, on the bread. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, you got to open it up. You got to get a knife, a knife and you know, all that stuff. Now, yeah, exactly. right. There's there's a lot that we take for granted, and we we assume that people know things, 
that they don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen it on websites where it says, um, in settings, look for um, with. <laughs> and I'm like, where's the settings? How do I get to the settings? <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, AJ, this is a fantastic conversation. I, I, oh, I can no, talk no, about music, music and technology. That's, that's, that's good stuff. What can you leave for our audience? We're coming to a close here. So what would you, an action step or words of wisdom, what would you like to leave them with today? Right. So there's a couple of things. So number one, understand what a marketing strategy is. So a marketing strategy can be answered with these three simple questions, which is number one, what game do you want to play? Number two, how can you win that game? And number three, who can you best serve? If you can answer those three questions, you'll be 100%, well, 99.9% .9 ahead of your competition just by being able to answer those three simple questions. So again, number one, what game do you want to play? Number two, how can you win at that game? And number three, who can you best serve? Okay, great. Great questions. Great questions. Right. So you build a marketing strategy like that. The other thing that I'd encourage everyone who's listening to do is come talk to me for two hours. I do a two-hour VIP digital marketing session that's $500. In those two hours, I'll answer all your digital marketing questions, whether you've got problems with SEO, paid traffic, email, whatever it's open to anyone. It doesn't have to be e-commerce businesses. And the other thing is there's no pitch at the end. There's no upsell. There's no downsell. There's no nothing. It's just a real safe space where you can come talk to somebody that knows what they're doing and does this stuff day in and day out, who can answer your questions unbiasedly and without agenda. Okay. Yeah. Great. That sounds great. And there will be information in the show notes on how you can get in touch with, with AJ Saunders. And, Fantastic. And, yeah. Getting, getting that two hour discussion. That sounds awesome. Um, and how can people get in touch with you? Sure. So they can go to ajsdigitalgroup.com, which is the website. They can come and talk to me on LinkedIn. They can come talk to me on Instagram. So I'm sorry, on LinkedIn, I'm AJ Saunders SEO, I think, or AJ Saunders SEO. We'll, we'll have it in the show notes. We'll have it in the show notes. <laughs> yes, uh, and then on, on Instagram, I'm A underscore J underscore Saunders. And again, I. I my mission in life is to make lots and lots of money by helping people make their dreams reality, right? So if I can help listeners anyway, or you, you know, or, or, or you, please contact me. You know, please get in touch. I'm more than happy to to help. So yeah, very good. And I encourage you all to to get in touch with AJ Saunders. AJ will help you out. And um, absolutely, yeah, that would be a great thing. Very good. It, this has been a fantastic conversation. I've enjoyed. Oh, thank it. you. I've had a great time too. Thank you, sir. And Hey, have a good evening. Thank you. <laughs> have a good day. Bye, 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 everyone. Bye, bye. Thank you for listening to Espresso Jams. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on your preferred channel. Never miss another episode. If you'd like more business tips on technology, entrepreneurship, and doing better, you can find me on LinkedIn at Joe Matz. That's J O E M A T Z. Or go to my website, apexable.com. That's apex-able.com. I'm your host, Joe Matz, wishing you an awesome day.